Welcome. You're listening to The Aligned Self, conversations in creating a conscious and abundant life. This is Daniel DeNovi. I'll be your guide and host. Let's see just where we can take this. Hello, friend, and welcome into the conversation. Today, we're going to talk about something that just about every person does at some point or another. And that is lying. Why do we lie? Why do people lie on a consistent basis? What are they protecting? What is their objective? And most of us know someone that is a habitual liar. They lie all the time. They they exaggerate their accomplishments. They exaggerate the story. They create drama when there isn't any drama. Why do people do this? Well, I have some answers. And this actually came up because I was in a conversation with my fellow collaborator, Meg Lamb. We've been talking about boundaries, and we recorded one of our lessons inside our Being Authentic program. And it came around the idea that people don't set boundaries. They withhold information because they they say they don't want to upset the other person. They essentially present a false front. And... I said, let's just call it what it is. It's lying. It's manipulation for personal gain. No, 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 no. People say, no, I, you know, everyone thinks that they tell a white lie or they don't reveal the truth because they want to spare the other person's feelings. That's the big lie. That's what, that's the lie you're telling yourself. People color the truth or they withhold information, not necessarily to protect the other person. Ultimately, there is a second level gain behind the action. And what that means is, is that, you know, on the surface, there's a primary gain or a primary objective, but underneath the real driver behind lying and withholding information is that you do not want to lose the good esteem that you think you have with the other person. And so people will tend to put up a front because they don't want to actually show up honestly in case the other person rejects them. Like if they only knew the truth, they wouldn't want to be with me. If they only knew the truth, they'd be done. They'd go the other direction or they'd be angry. And it's kind of ridiculous when you think about it in many, many ways. But this is what people do. It's it's a sense of self-preservation. There's some kind of fear. There's an insecurity that if they were actually truthful, if you were actually truthful, it would result in a loss of esteem in the other person. They wouldn't like you as much. You might not be as coveted as a person, and they might even be angry at you. Put another way, when we lie, we're putting up a front. We want to look good. We want to look good to other people. We want to even look good to ourselves. Even though you know you're lying, it erodes your self-confidence. It erodes your self-esteem. Because when you look in the mirror, you know yourself to be a liar. Now, this story seems kind of, it's funny to me, but uh, it happened several years ago. I used to be a leader, a leader. I used to organize a meetup group for shy people, shy individuals, because once upon a time I thought I was shy and I figured I had a perspective on what they were going through. So I would create this meetup where we all converge in the coffee shop in Barnes and Nobles. And uh, I usually got there early and I would get myself a coffee and a cinnamon raisin bagel. And I'd sit and I'd eat it and I'd wait for people to show up. And typically in these meetups, a couple people would come up to the table and start talking to me. 
But some of the more reticent, the shyer people would sit at tables around the coffee shop, just kind of observing whether or not it was a safe place, a safe space. And, you know, as time went on, more and more people would just kind of migrate from different tables over to our main table. And I would have anywhere between three people to 20 people show up. On this particular day, there was 20 people that showed up. And I had, you know, I had my coffee and I'd eaten my raisin bagel. And I was engaging in conversations with all these people. And different people were asking me questions, how to proceed, how to start conversation, all this interesting things, you know, when you're shy. Well, we sat there for about an hour and a half to two hours and we completed the meeting and then we all went our separate ways. Well, as I was leaving, I saw the a wine shop next door and I thought I'd go there and see if we could organize a wine tasting. Wouldn't that be fun for a group meeting? Well, I, I went in and I looked at the different wines and I've talked to different salespeople and finally I talked to the owner and they were all on board, and we talked for probably 30 minutes. And we actually made uh, some arrangements to get together down the road. Well, I get out to the car, and I'm sitting in the driver's seat, and I look up, and I catch my reflection in the mirror, in the rearview mirror. And I have a raisin plastered on one of my front teeth. It looks like I had a missing tooth, but you could definitely see that it was a raisin on my tooth. So here I am, I've been talking to people for three hours, a number of people, over 20 people, and nobody said anything. Nobody said anything. Why didn't someone say, something? hey, you got something on your tooth? What was the purpose? Would they, were they thinking that I wouldn't like them or I was, would be embarrassed if they drew it to my attention? I, I thought about that a lot. Isn't it more embarrassing for me, potentially, I mean, I was okay with it. I thought it was funny, but isn't it potentially more embarrassing for me to have this raisin plastered to my front tooth, presenting myself to all these different people walking around the world as if this is how I really am. <laughs> and then finding out later, why didn't anyone tell me? I thought that was very interesting because somebody could have said something within 15 minutes. And that's on the, I think that would take a lot of time because I started talking to someone right away. They could have said something almost immediately. Hey, you got something stuck in your teeth there. And I said, oh, and I would have wiped it off and I would have been fine for the next three hours. In fact, it would have been fine the rest of my life. But they didn't, they didn't say anything. What were they afraid of? And that's withholding information. And a lot of people rationalize withholding. Well, I didn't actually say anything. I didn't, I just didn't give all the facts, didn't give all the details. Why not? See, we're actually presenting a falsehood or a false pers perspective of what's going on in order to avoid responsibility, to avoid embarrassment, to avoid, see, we're all, we're doing it for personal reasons. We're afraid. We're afraid that if we're actually truthful and give all the information that the other person might be upset with us. And that's the last thing that liars want. And people that have a high degree of insecurity about who they are, their self-esteem, their self-image, they will lie habitually. And those are typically narcissists. Narcissists do lie a lot. In fact, many times they'll lie about lies. And they do so in order to control the perspective, control how they're seen. 
And, you know, it works for a while. And most narcissists are very charming and they present a front. But after a period of time, you're in a relationship with a narcissist, they cannot hide any longer. In fact, when your fault's up front, you tend to run out of steam fairly fast. In fact, you actually feel drained when you're out in crowds, when you're out in public, because you're putting up this false persona. And that's exhausting. And many people say, I just can't go out in public or uh, being with other people drain me or or after spending a period of time out in the public eye, they would they want nothing more than to be by themselves so they don't have to present a false front. So in my conversation with Meg, you know, we got to talking about boundaries and how people don't set boundaries with the illusion that they they don't want to make other people uncomfortable. They want to, uh, I guess, make life easy to avoid conflict. But in actuality, when we don't set the boundaries, when we don't set the rules, or we're not totally upfront with our feelings, we're actually lying. We're manipulating the other person. We're manipulating the information in order to present an image or present a false idea about who we are and what it means to be in a relationship with us. And so how that shows up is that people basically arrive at a point in time where they feel like they just can't be themselves. Why not? Because they're afraid that if they were themselves, then the other person wouldn't like them. But they project on the other person that based on the expectations and based on the conditions of their relationship, they can't show up as themselves. Otherwise, they would be overwhelming. They just couldn't handle me. That's kind of the the thing that people say. The truth is, you're afraid. You're afraid of being too much. You're afraid that you'll be rejected. You see, there's, it always comes down to this personal need to protect ourselves. That's why people lie. But then they lie to themselves thinking they're, they're doing it for other people. No, you're not. You're doing it for yourself. And this is why I want you to really get that if you lie, if you bend the truth, if you tell a white lie, you're doing it to avoid an argument, a potential argument. I mean, you're projecting your mind reading what the other person's thinking, because nine times out of 10, maybe even 99 times out of 100, they'll never have the response that you think they're going to have. Most people want the truth. Most people want all the available information. In fact, I used to do this field study. I'd go out, you know, for a beer or something with my friends. And at one point in the evening, I would usually talk to the waitress and call her over and said, excuse me, could I ask you a couple of questions? I'm a coach. I, I work with people in relationships, and I have a couple questions that I'd like to ask you. Would you be open to taking part in my little field study? And, you know, most waitresses are very accommodating, and they would say yes. And then I would pose the question, have you ever told a white lie or bent the truth, withhold information in order to make somebody else feel better? Oh, of course. Of course, everybody does that, don't they? And then the, my follow-up question, let's say the shoe is on the other foot. Would you like people to lie to you and withhold information in order to make you feel better? Or would you like to make that decision on your own? Would you want them to tell, be as truthful as possible? And then you could discern whether or not for yourself, if the information was worth having or not. Oh, I would want people to tell me the truth. Only one time in 25 years has, one, has a woman said, oh, I'd want them to lie to me, definitely. Most people want the truth. Most people want all the information. Because if you're not getting all the information, 
from another person that you're in relationship with, then aren't you living in an illusion? Is it a real relationship? I mean, when we relate to another person, that's the relationship, right? We're relating our truth, giving ourselves, being vulnerable in the presence of another person and being accepted by them. If you have a prevailing feeling in not being truthful and not giving all the information that the other person would reject you or be angry with you at some point if they knew the truth, if you were actually truthful, aren't you setting yourself up to fail? Aren't you setting the relationship up to fail? Because at one point or another, aren't they going to find out? I think so. This is the danger that people run into when they first start dating and they don't give all the information or they hide the aspects that they think are, are not as attractive. And down the road, three months down the road, they actually can no longer sustain the, the facade and they actually start revealing aspects of themselves that they were hiding before. And suddenly you have the experience, like people wonder, who is this person? This isn't the person I was involved with. This isn't the person I got to know. Their financial situation is completely different. Their job situation, their relationships, they lied about all their relationships. Like, who is this person? They begin questioning everything. This reminds me of a newlywed couple. She was not that good in the kitchen. She was, she admitted it. She says, I'm just learning how to cook. And she found a recipe and she made meatloaf. Her husband said, I love meatloaf. My mom used to make it all the time. Well, the meatloaf comes out of the oven and I don't know what she did, said the guy, but it did not taste anything like my mom's and I could barely get it down. But when she asked me, what do you think? What do you think? She was so expectant. I said, I love it. And so she began making it on a regular basis. Sometimes two times a week, she'd have meatloaf. There was other things that she would make and I would love those and rave over those, but she would make this meatloaf. And, you know, after I told her a couple times that I loved it, I didn't, I, I couldn't tell her that I didn't like it anymore. And so she continued to make it. And each time I looked at it, and I found out we were having it. I, I groaned inside. It's like, I wish I could crawl under a rock. But once I started lying, I couldn't stop myself. And I think it was in the third year that she made it. And I just couldn't take it anymore. I said, I c cannot eat your meatloaf. I hate it. I've never liked it. It's, and she said, I, I don't believe you. you. You've lied to me all this time. I can't trust you at all. There, I can't trust anything that comes out of your mouth. Are you lying to me every day? The husband tried to backpedal, tried to explain himself, but there was nothing he could say because his trustworthiness was completely eroded. Oh, what a tangled web we weave when we first practice to deceive. So where do we begin to learn to lie? Usually it's in childhood. If we admit to doing something heinous or stupid or break something, we usually get criticized or are punished. And so we quickly learn that, you know, it doesn't pay to tell the truth. It actually pays to hide the truth, not give all the facts. And the more critical your parent was, the more you're apt to be a liar. Because you've done it, you practiced it in order to avoid feeling bad. And nobody likes to feel bad, but living a life of honesty is a lot easier in the long run. Even if you just take the lesson from the newlyweds, 
it, it maintains your trustworthiness when you can show up and actually present the truth, even if it's unpleasant, more often than not. Nobody likes somebody that bends the truth. Everyone, like I said earlier, really wants all the information. So you can forget the facade, forget the lie you tell yourself that you're doing it for other people. It's a selfish endeavor. And I'm a big proponent of being selfish, but it's a self-protective thing. Like if you're selfish and you're truthful about it, that's one thing. But if you're hiding the truth because of your own selfish needs then that's not honest. You're not presenting a platform for your partner or your friend or a coworker to show up in honesty. They're not getting all the facts. And so however they respond is a falsehood. They're operating. And this, I've talked about this before. This is why some relationships end. They start out, you know, kind of bending the truth and not telling all the facts, withholding certain ideas. And three months, six months down the road, it comes to a point in time where, you know, we've been together long enough that I need to be more honest. And so instead of being honest and forthright and upfront, people, a lot of guys, unfortunately, will end the relationship. They actually may do stuff in order for the other person. And I've seen women do this too. Rather than be upfront, they, they start acting out. They start, I, I don't know, in some ways being more honest in, in hopes, in the hopes that the other person will break up with them. They'll do the dirty work. I don't have to be the one to actually say, you know, this doesn't work for me. And so people leave the relationship or they sabotage the relationship just so they don't have to be honest. Because by that time, they've paved the, the road over with so many lies that it's difficult to sort out what is truth and what is fiction. Now, this also works on the other side of the equation, not only the person telling the liar, withholding information, but it's also not asking relevant questions or specific questions because you don't want to hear the answer because you know that if you kind of know what the answer is and that if someone says it out loud, oh, that means you'll have to do something about it. That means you have to respond or be response-abled about the new set of facts, the facts that have actually been spoken And so, as a consequence, people dance around the elephant in the room that everyone knows is there, but no one wants to talk about. Because, like, once you talk about the elephant, you have to do something about it. You either have to feed it or you have to get rid of it. At the heart of any successful relationship is an honest and open conversation. And so when a relationship ends because of a liar or someone withholding information, I actually see responsibility sitting on both sides of the equation. Typically, the person that is not doing the lying, that is actually receiving the information, more than likely is not asking the right questions. They're not asking relevant, specific questions in order to get all the facts. They're accepting generalized information and not delving too deep into what they're getting. And then I also hold the other person responsible for actually telling the lies, not giving all the truth. So what's my prescription? Well, this is going to be true for parents and for partners, partners in relationship. You make it acceptable to hear the truth, no matter how bad it seems. Saying you set the stage that all I want is the truth and there's going to be no negative consequences. You know, there's going to be some response to be sure. But the trick is not to overreact, not to condemn them. To You actually want to reward the truth-telling. 
meaning that you never criticize the character of the individual. You can criticize the behavior because behavior can be changed, but you don't want to criticize or condemn the character of your child or your partner. And so this is easier with kids than it is with adults. You basically tell your kids that you would rather have the truth than a lie. In fact, you'll get in bigger trouble if you lie than if you tell the truth. And this is not to say there's not consequences for behavior that should not have happened, for behavior that's not acceptable. But by them telling the truth, it opens up a conversation and you can ask deeper questions. What were you thinking? What were you trying to achieve? What was the purpose? And even if they admit to lying before, by having a conversation about it, you allow them to self-reflect. You allow them to actually look at the consequences of the lying, the act, and they get present to it. They're present to the impact, they're present to the consequences, and you can assess, is this the person you want to be? Is this how you want to show up in the world? And it's actually in that conversation, their behavior can be self-corrected. You don't have to impart any punishment. You don't have to impart any wisdom. You question them to arrive at their own conclusion. You can do this with your partner as well. Now, the prescription for yourself on whether or not to tell a lie or bend the truth or withhold information is who do you want to be? Do you want to be a person that shows up in truth? Do you want to be a person that is trustworthy? And if honesty is important to you, then you need to do everything in your power to show up and being trustworthy. Do you give all the information? Are you honest? Do people have access to your passcodes and your your email if they wanted it? Is there anything that you're hiding? You see, it actually comes down to making a decision, setting a boundary for yourself that you will be honest, as honest as possible. And, you know, truth is relative to a large degree. What is important to you may not be important to somebody else. So if you give the facts as honestly and openly as possible, then there's nothing to remember. There's no lie to remember. There's nothing to perpetuate. And so how the other person takes it is the way they take it. You can't necessarily control that. If you try and control it, you're being manipulative. So you give the facts as honestly as possible. The other person has a response, and then you can ask a deeper question. Why do you feel the way you feel? And it becomes a deeper conversation. And you could even say, you know, I didn't want to tell you, or this is something I was afraid that you would take the wrong way. I did it from selfish reasons or, you know, whatever the explanation is, as truthfully as possible. And also why you were even tempted to withhold the information, that would be honest. And the other person might be angry for whatever reason. I mean, I don't know. We're talking hypothetical here. But if they are angry, they're angry. And it's not a reflection on you. It's how they're receiving the information. Anytime there's anger, anytime there's conflict that comes up in a relationship, this is actually an opportunity for a greater level of understanding, a greater level of intimacy. You set the platform, you set the conditions, you train people how to treat you, you train what you will tolerate based on the conversations, based on how you respond to information. And so sometimes when people do admit a lie, do admit falsehood, you know, you can look at it from a humanitarian aspect, you know, that aspect of you that is human. And if the shoe was on the other foot, would you, could you do the same thing? Is there a level of understanding on why they did it? And if they actually come out and tell the truth, you can say, I understand why you would want to hide the truth from me. That 
it does make me angry. It does disappoint me. You see, when people stumble and people are less than perfect, being accepted in that moment is very important. And let's say you are disappointed and you're in this conversation where someone's revealing the truth rather than condemn them, rather than chastise them for their behavior, because, you know, once it's done, it's done. Ask moving forward, what's your commitment? What's your promise? And they get to show up in a completely different way. They're not defined by their past behavior. They create a new agreement, a new way of being, a promise and how they're going to show up in the future. And then you can hold them accountable for that new promise. And you leave the past behavior in the past if they are sorry and they declare that they're going to show up in a new way moving forward. So there's also a caveat here where you it's not necessarily incumbent upon you to reveal everything, reveal every thought. And you can be brutally honest, you know, because ultimately it's, you know, many things are just your opinion and don't necessarily have to be revealed. So how do you begin to ascertain whether or not you're withholding relevant information? Well, it's pretty simple. If having the information would make a difference to the other individual, then it's probably something you should divulge. If people are making decisions or moving forward based on the information or lack of information that you're providing, then you're actually setting them up for a fall. It's incumbent upon you to be honest, from my perspective. So some things can be held close to the vest. You don't have to reveal everything, and it does depend on how vulnerable you're willing to be. Now, some people aren't willing to be vulnerable, and that's understandable, But again, you need to ask yourself, is this relevant information? Will it change things? Could it change the relationship? Could it change how I'm being perceived? See, I've had thoughts from time to time. I've had emotions I've passed through that if I revealed them at the time, it might have been even damaging. But, you know, it was a personal journey. So I held it close to the vest. I worked through it myself. And it needn't, it wasn't impacting anybody else. No one else was making decisions based on what I was going through. And so I didn't need to be honest about that. I've told many stories, you know, in this podcast about past decisions, past things that I've gone through and not necessarily uh, admirable things, but things that I can't admit that are just me being human. And one of the things that's easy to talk about those aspects is that I'm not even close to that now. I'm not going through that. I've I've handled it. I've solved it. And it's just something that, you know, most people go through as a human being. And so if you're the divulger, you get to ask, is this relevant information? Does this make a difference to the other person receiving it? And if you're the person on the other side receiving information, it's in- incumbent upon you to talk about those things that are important and relevant to you. I need to know these facts. I want to know this. Because if you don't ask, if you don't set the tone, you don't say this is important to me, this is information that I want to have, then the other person, if they feel, you know, that it's not really relevant to you or they may withhold it. So it's incumbent upon you to ask the questions, ask for the information that you want and not assume that the other person will tell you. People do this all the time in relationships and it's a source of a lot of trouble. They assume that the other person is going to tell them all the facts, everything that they want to know, and that if they don't tell them, they say something like, well, they should have known that I wanted to have that information. 
if you want to know, ask. If you don't know about the other person, don't assume you know what's going on in their head. Ask. Ask a deeper question. Just to sum this up, honest communication is the best policy. It actually creates the greatest platform for intimacy and connection. And if you're lying, if you're hiding the truth, and this is the point I really wanted to make with this, you're not doing it for the other person. You're not doing it to spare them, you know, awkward feelings, conflict. You're doing it for yourself. It's a very selfish endeavor. You're just, (laughs) nobody wins in the end. So that's it for now. That's it for this conversation. Until next time, this is your friend and host, Daniel Danovi, urging you to follow your bliss, live your life from inner signals, be inner directed as you engage in the epic adventure. (laughs) 